Hey, Studio DNA fans. I'm Chad, a new podcast host here on the network. I'd like to invite you to check out my new show called Hot Takeout, where I mix together some of my favorite things, fast food and musical artists. When you listen, you'll get that feeling you have when you get an onion ring in the bottom of your french fries. It's a win. We'll dig deep with the artists. We'll find out what inspires them and what foods they have to stay away from. And we're also playing fast food games, which will also make sense when you listen. So check out the Hot Takeout podcast streaming right now here on the Studio DNA podcast network. I'm coughing. I didn't even do it. I don't know how anybody on set could do that because that's very hard to do. Once you breathe out and then in, it's this really crazy thing that I never thought I'd be doing, but I've been doing every morning whenever I wake up. It makes my teeth cold somehow. Well, if you can't guess what we're going to be talking about on this new episode of Quality Check Podcast, by the way, I'm one of your co-hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me oh. to my left, Drew Douglas. That's me. You're back. I was here last week, wasn't I? Yeah, and okay. you're we- but you're wearing a little crown this time. It's, it's very floral. I'm the May Queen. Oh, you won. King. Congratulations. We are going to be covering Midsummer or Midsommar on this episode. Who says that? I don't know. I've been debating that a lot because it's an O. Why? Well, that's just a style thing. Midsommar. It'll be Midsummer. We're going to be calling Ari in a few minutes and we'll figure this out. We got we got to get to the bottom of this. If you're new to Quality Check Podcast, welcome. Thank you for joining us for this discussion because we've got a lot to dive into for Midsummer. Also for this episode, we're going to be bringing you an update on our summer movie rankings. We have seven movies total that we've talked about on this podcast. Are you feeling confident with your picks and your rankings? Hmm. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Once we got out of Midsummer, I updated my ranking. I just did it on the fly. This has been a couple weeks since we've seen that movie. I would say my top four are all movies that I like and could be shuffled, maybe excluding one, around quite a bit. I'm feeling good about mine. And I will say that my list, for some, will be very controversial. (laughs) All right, let's go. And then lastly, we will also cover summer movie Q&A. All I can say is that we will discuss a little bit of pop culture from the summer, what we've seen so far this year, and what to expect for next year and what will follow this summer. Let's not delay this any further and jump into Midsummer. You can't speak. You can't move. But this opens you up the influence and it breaks down your defenses trust me right Midsummer is about a young woman who experiences a traumatic loss and travels to a European Midsummer Festival with her boyfriend. It's the latest movie from Ari Oster. Is it Oster? I'm saying Aster. I don't care. Aster? Yeah. 
Okay. I'm just putting, I'm just mispronouncing everything. We'll find out when we call him in a few minutes. <laughs> okay. We got to get that and the name of this movie correct. Ari Aster. It was written and directed by him, and it's starring a few familiar faces and some unknowns for me, actually. First up in the lead role of Danny, we have Florence Pugh. You may recognize her from the most recent British film, Fighting with My Family. Loves it. We also have Jack Rayner, who plays Christian, and he looks like a young... Who do, who do you think he looks like? Hmm. Give me a hint. He, he's a lord of the stars. Chris Hemsworth? Chris oh. Pratt. Chris Pratt? Yeah. Don't you think he looks like a young Chris Pratt? Why did I say Chris Hemsworth? He's I don't the god know. of lightning. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so at all. I just know him from that bad. Now, there are several, but one of those bad Transformers movies where he was like dating a 16-year-old. Yeah. Not good. He was also in Macbeth, Free Fire, and mm. Sing Street. Sing Street is great. Free Fire is not. Yeah. That was a kind of a mixed match type movie. It was kind of so-so. I bought that on Blu-ray too. You loved it. We're, yeah, yeah. You were prepared to love it. At least it was like six bucks. We also have William Jackson Harper as Josh and then Will Poulter. And you may recognize Will from Were the Millers? Maze Runner films, and Detroit. He's and been in a lot. He's good, and he was almost our Pennywise. And if you've seen We, We're the Millers, you saw his fake scrotum um, that, I guess, the aftermath of him being bitten by a tarantula. <laughs> What's crazy is that happened in that movie, and Midsummer featuring as much nudity, or probably the most nudity that we've received this summer, over the beach bomb... Aster has this weird obsession with old naked people. And it's something, when we call him in a couple of minutes, we, I really kind of want to get to the bottom of this. Like, what is your obsession with old naked people? Well, as soon as it ended, this movie, I turned to you and I said, I just can't, I, I don't get it. We got that in Hereditary and we're getting it again in Midsummer. He loves cults. He loves how people are attracted to him. And he loves some naked granny boobies. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was made for $10 million, and so Ooh, far, it's good. made 18 That's a good-looking $10 million picture. Not bad, yeah. Right? No kidding. This movie is just gorgeously shot, and all around, it is what appears to be a great follow-up to Ari's last film, Hereditary. Now, I want to surprise you. Uh -oh. I've not said anything, mm. but here's a surprise I want to read to you something else that I found while doing some research on Midsummer. Brace with me. I want to read to you a synopsis of another film. Okay. Tell me what you think about this and what it sounds like. Here we go. Christian's sister commits suicide. After his four friends graduate secondary school, they head off to a Swedish camp for a Midsummer in which they've been to for previous years, and strange things start happening. Is this his sister's spirit returning? You want to know what the name of that movie is? Yes. I'll show you. What is that? Literally, Midsummer. it was made in 2003. Is it like his short film or something? Nope. This was a foreign film 
And the original title was spelled the exact same as Ari's film, Midsummer. Totally caught me off guard. Some of the imagery in this, too, looks very similar. Never heard of this movie. Why aren't we hearing about this? Like leading Has up? this been reported at all? I actually found this one other person talking about this online. That's weird. I was very surprised. Really caught me off guard, but I think that's going to play into something that we'll end up talking about toward the end of this discussion of Midsummer. But I wanted, I wanted to let that simmer in your thoughts as we dive into this film and what we thought. Speaking of, what's the best thing about this film, Midsummer? What do you think? The way it looks. Yeah, it's a really good look. I was going to say, with that $10 million budget, I'm sure A24 is putting this out. I'm sure they save a lot of money because he writes, he directs, he does the music for it. Mm -hmm. He doesn't cast huge actors that need to pocket a huge contract salary. Yeah, it's a great looking movie. I That's your number one. That's your absolute mm -hmm. favorite thing about it. Yeah, I would say so. I think mine would be that I feel like Astor at this point, two movies in officially, he's really perfected the slow burn. Even sitting at a cool 2.20? It didn't two feel like two hours and 20 minutes for me, personally. Now, you and I were really looking forward to that runtime, And this was one where probably a good two hours into it, I couldn't believe it had actually gone that far into it because I was so invested in it. He really knows how to pull you in. Well, what's crazy is this film, it takes like a good hour before anything wild starts to happen. To me, it didn't feel like it. And for the most part, everyone seemed to be into it in the theater. And a lot of laughter. We had a lot mm -hmm. of laughter. Leading, leading up to the craziness, there were a lot of people laughing, eating it up. But then once that crazy part hits, you get a lot of people starting to kind of turn around and, and they're laughing, but it's almost uncomfortable laughter. It's almost like Ari, while making this film and the execution, it's like he's trying to make you think about why you're laughing. Now, Jack Rayner, who plays Christian, at the end of one of the screenings for this film, he asked this room, this audience who just watched this film, if they thought what Christian did, he deserved. Like, he, he deserved that punishment. Almost everyone said yes. And he said, wow, that's so surprising that we're basically willing to blame someone, say that we're okay with the pain that they're about to endure because of what they just witnessed. And he said, I think you guys are discrediting a lot of what Christian stands for and his beliefs. Hmm. I found that to be very interesting to see, hear what his thoughts are. But overall, I think it's just something Ari pieced together magnific magnificently. Now, we should say that we are, I'll speak for myself, I really loved Hereditary. It was one of my favorite movies last year. Mm-hmm. It's a movie that seems to have, I don't know what it is about Astor's movies. He's done two and they both just attract people that want to literally spend time writing on the internet why they don't like it. Even if it's a genre they don't like, yeah. they're still watching it and complaining. I don't understand. <laughs> I was talking to you. We are not going to sit here and def defend this movie. I love this movie. I loved Hereditary. Mm -hmm. You liked Hereditary, correct? I will say I liked it right in the middle. Like, where do you sit right now? Right now, I, I like it. It's kind of right there at the bottom of like. I by no means hated it. I do not think it deserved the hate that it received. Again, people walked out of that saying that was the worst horror movie that they have ever seen. Oh, no, absolutely I didn't, not. 
Yeah, you you clearly have not watched very many movies or your taste is very bad. The thing is, I saw that there were missed opportunities for Hereditary, but it did not make me dislike the ambition and everything Ari had going for setting up these characters. The grief and the acting in that is just fantastic. I think there's a lot that you just can't overlook in those film, in that film and this film. And it is disheartening whenever it just kind of brushed to the side. And I love the slow burn aspect where we build for an hour and a half and it's 15 minutes of just pure chaos. Mm -hmm. That's when the wheels fly off. The big question is, which movie do you prefer? Hereditary or Midsummer? Which one do you think is better or your favorite personally? Hands down, Midsummer. Really? Because I keep going back on this and I loved Midsummer, but I think Hereditary is a better movie. You know, the other thing I'm thinking of is Hereditary's not that much shorter. It's sitting at two hours, seven minutes. And I was going to ask, do you think with time, taking that into account, that plays a role in liking it a no. little bit more or, or how you feel? I like the darker aspect of Hereditary. I think mentally it's more taxing on you than Midsummer. which to get into my least favorite thing about this movie is for the weeks, maybe the months leading up to it, we kept hearing about how wild it was. Mm. And for me, it wasn't nearly as wacky as I thought it was going to be. It's staged pretty well where you know it's coming. Yeah. And nothing about it truly shocked me. Maybe that's because the seeds were planted and I'm watching it, or maybe that it's set in daytime, which I love. But it took away some of the the more horrifying aspects of it that maybe I would feel if it was at night. It's interesting because I think Midsummer did something with the the storytelling that for me it wasn't as wild as what I was expecting, but it told a story that I was not expecting for us to see by the end of this, and I appreciated that. It was a risk. And I think it's one that paid off handsomely. Oh, it pays off. I just think there are moments in Hereditary that truly shocked me. Well, now, speaking of sh- basically the shock value, if you will, there's something toward the end of this film, as it gets crazy, and we see a ton of nudity, a lot of people saying that was totally unnecessary. How do you feel about that? Because ultimately, I think it's basically set up that this is a, a customary tradition And I think it's relatively self-explained, you know, that I wouldn't really say it's unnecessary, just what you would expect out of an RE film. And you need to be able to watch this with adults because we had anytime you show male nudity, I've noticed in a theater, whether or not excluding if it is played for last people, it makes them uncomfortable because we're not used to seeing that here in America now. Jack, who plays Christian, his suggestion to Ari was, we have to show Christian full frontal. I was fully waiting for them not to show him naked. And that's such a double standard. And they didn't do that. Was anybody giggling when he was running around naked? I feel like I remember hearing a few, but it wasn't a lot. It wasn't as, it wasn't necessarily what I expected. I guess I have looming questions about this too. Like tradition that they have is every 90 years. What are they doing between those 90 years. Yeah. I just had a lot of questions after that were never explained. Well, and it seems like every year they've got this smaller festival, but it's not this giant 90-year midsummer, 
Yeah, I, I, I feel the same way. There are a few things that if you start to pick apart, you start to ask a lot of questions that for myself, I'm okay just kind of ignoring for the most part and enjoying that film. But it's almost like if they're going through all this craziness every year, because it's addressed by their European friend that every summer and winter solstice, they end up putting this on. But this just happens to be the granddaddy of them all midsummer festival um not to uh, take away from your least favorite thing but astor says the original cut he says like the 80 minutes longer or something crazy i love it and then he's working on an extended cut that is 30 minutes longer that hopefully we can see for the blu-ray so is that your least favorite thing about midsummer that it basically brings up questions that you're left asking yourself once you leave the theater. that and just you know, it didn't shock me like I expected. I, I think as much as I love this movie, it's not as good as I wanted. Now, I think this is a movie, like most things that I watch, that will get better when I see it again. Yeah, I'll have to go with the questions as well. Even though there aren't a lot of questions, there are just enough that if I think about it too much, I start to pick it apart. So movie MVP, it's your favorite thing that you felt like stole the show. I always try to do something outside of acting, but I can't with this one because I think Florence Pugh is incredible in this. And if she's not a star after this movie comes out, something is wrong. Yeah, but she's, I'm afraid that... She's really good in fighting with my family. She's incredible in this. She shows great range from fighting with my family and in this film. She's wonderful, and she shows the stages of grief and trauma in a way that is so heartbreaking, which by the end of this film makes it, that adds to the payoff, I think. I really want to say, Florence, I've thought a lot about this, and it's been really tough, but there's a reason why I like this film. And we've discussed this, and we talked about it on the Spider-Man Far From Home podcast, but I love a good story that goes abroad. And you see things that you normally would not see and you're basically introduced into a culture or society, whatever, and you're fish out of water. I think this is one of those stories that the true terror is what happens when you're there. Where do you go? What happens? What like? And it's all taking place during the daytime. I just had to go back to that European setting and the other thing that gets really close is this heartbreaking story of a failed relationship. And it's basically hanging on by a thread. That's another really good thing. I There are a lot of things that are so close to me uh, in terms of what gets the MVP. But I have to go with the European setting, fish out of water, and just how these characters react. I thought, especially Florence's character, is just phenomenal. Now, both these movies, Astro's movies, are basically companion pieces to one another of handling grief. And then when you're dealing with those situations, what are you latching yourself onto? And by the end of this movie, Danny's character joins this absolutely insane group of people, but <laughs> she has nothing. It's what you turn to. Yeah. At this point, I think Astor said his next one won't be a horror movie. Does that get you excited? Because these two... His first two are very similar. Mm -hmm. Are you looking forward? To, I almost kind of want one more horror film from him before he branches off. But it doesn't sound like he's doing that. It sounds like he's going to do something totally different. Like a comedy? 
I would say he does a drama that doesn't involve a cult of white people. (laughs) (laughs) I got to be honest, the two guys who we're looking at right now for doing something for the horror genre, we've got Jordan Peele and Ari. And I think those two, you know, I'd be down for seeing whatever Ari's up to, same way with Peele. But I, I would love to see a horror film from him again. Absolutely. I just think we don't get a lot of this stuff and I would like to keep that going. That's where, you know, if I knew about this other movie, Midsummer, that came out in 2003, it makes me wonder, is he giving homage? Did he not know about this? Is it like a greatest troll? I don't know. I'd love for someone to ask him that. It'd be very fascinating to me. But it seems like I mean, this is we're going to be calling him in a couple minutes, so we'll figure this out. Everything will be answered. So the YouTube moment for Midsummer, something that... The audience will be going back to going online watching years down the road. I have to say it is the moment where they first jump off the rock and commit suicide. And it's already on YouTube. It's technically you know what like I thought that was going to be? Like I them know sacrificing I, someone? Yeah, because you know in the trailer they show them reacting to something that they're looking up. And I, I could not – I was like what is this going to be? What's, it's going to be something crazy. And leading up to this moment, there is a baby that uh. has been crying. Every time they're going to bed, this baby will not stop crying. And I thought they were going to sacrifice the baby, like slit its throat oh. on the top of this huge mountain. They bring up an interesting thing in this movie that in this society, they have a life, their full life. And what it goes till like age 75. Mm-hmm. And there's at that point, you turn 75, you sacrifice your life. Mm-hmm. And there's no um, living out your days in a hospital. And I found that so fascinating that they were willing to join that. And it actually, to me, in some small part of my brain, makes sense. Yeah. You have you know your beginning and you know your end. Yeah. Well, So maybe they're not as crazy as uh, we're making them off to be. Well, once again, you go back to that European – well, I shouldn't say European, but just the standard of another culture – that you're unfamiliar with. And you don't know. You don't know anything about this and what these people are up to. There is an ounce of that there. You're like, huh, you know what? I can see where they're coming from. It's something where you could, I could understand a person being drugged there, like Danny, and then falling for it and going, I understand these people. Yeah. It seemed insane for three days, but I, I get this now, and I want to be a part of it. So that's kind of wild to me. You'll be joining yeah, I got a, I got a while to go. I'm in my early 30s. <laughs> you'll be you're in the recruitment stage right now. And I'm so waiting to be recruited, guys. I want to go to Sweden. <laughs> What's your final grade? A. A straight A. I yeah. have to go a straight A. I have to say that overall, this gets a love from me, and I just I can't sing praises enough about this movie. There are going to be things in this that will sh- shock you. I think shock a lot of people. For for us, like you were saying, there were things that happened that it wasn't, it didn't take me, I'm like, oh, wow, like hereditary, those things happen. But I overall think it's kind of like a beware for those who haven't seen this. I would never recommend this to anybody. It would be very tough. By the way, and I, tr- I think I told you, I, I tried, you know, my girlfriend did not want to see this. And she was like, yeah, tell me about the movie. What's it about? And she had seen the preview and I started explaining it to her. And I started getting into some of the wacky stuff that happens. And I realized I sound like a freaking idiot. <laughs> it's like you can't clearly 
um, explain to a person what this movie is. Yeah. You had to just watch it and experience it. I would never recommend this movie to anybody. It's way too divisive. But for me, I love cult stuff. I like literally I love stuff involving cults, mm-hmm. stories about that and what people will kind of latch themselves onto. I find that very fascinating. And this is it's perfectly right up my alley, what Aster does. Well, I'd say if you're a horror fan, you have to see this film. Give it a shot. And um yeah, if you're not a horror fan, don't watch it. Why are you watching this movie and complaining about it? Well, now, if someone's like a straight-up drama fan, I think they would enjoy it too, right? This is, I think, between this and Hereditary, this is the more accessible movie. Yeah, that's Hereditary, I don't, unless you're, that's your kind of, you know, your cup of tea, you're not going to like it. Yeah. This one I think you could get yourself into. I think maybe the, if you're wanting a drama and you're not into horror, the last 20 minutes are going to be really weird. Yeah, this movie does go off the rails when I think about it. Because you're expecting almost like a bloodbath, almost like a carry situation at the end of this film, right? That's, I think, what my expectations were, were really violent, just really violent. And it has violence, but it is not like Hereditary does. I think that's where this film didn't shock me, but it was a scarier threat. By the end of this, we have such a huge amount of these people left and we have someone who's converted and who is now pulled in to them and it's Danny. I mean, it's not even just her because by the end of this movie, Christian is mating yeah. with one of these women He's the, and there's a group of women around them and they're all breathing in rhythm and he's going along with it. He's not running. He runs for his yeah. life by the end of it, but he goes with it. It almost, once again, that shows like, the what peer pressure does and what cultures when people work together and those who are like going against them and people who are working solo i think there are a lot of thematic elements to pick apart from this film and that's why i think it deserves that a grade so you gave it an a correct yes all right i i i really like this movie i i love it i'll just come out and say i love this movie i would say this is probably the first a i've given on the podcast Wow. Right? I don't think I have. You've done it. Yeah. You did it with, um, was it Far From Home? A minus, right? A minus? Yeah. I thought you did an A. I, yeah, th- this is a first movie. Now, like I said, things that will be disturbing and upsetting, but that's to be expected going into this film. Honestly, I can't wait to have kids, and we're all going to watch this as a family oh. on a Sunday morning. Sunday fun day film. Let's move on. To the next segment, an update on our summer movie ranking. Since we love this, I wonder where it's going to rank on your list. Why don't you start off with number seven at the bottom? Men in Black International. What? That's not hard. That's not hard. That's at the bottom for me, too. Why don't you continue through your list from bottom to top? All the way up to the top? Yeah. Number six, Child's Play. Okay. A movie I liked. Number five, Brightburn. A movie I liked. Number four, Ma. This might surprise you. Number three, Midsummer. Oh. I know this is shocking because I love this movie. Whoa. I have to factor in replay value. And there are two movies above it that more than likely I'm going to want to watch over Midsummer. Uh, number two, Far From Home. Wow. And then number one, I just I think Endgame is so emotionally satisfying. It's a lot of fun to watch. The annoying critic inside my head, and I'm not a critic, but the one where I want to try to be really intelligent about film is like, why are you putting Endgame at number one? It's fun, though. 
There are a lot of things about I Endgame. Teary-eyed. I want to watch it again. I love those characters. It's the perfect buildup, and it's the perfect conclusion to all these movies. I can't deny it. I got to have it number one. It's good. And that's why Midsummer's not n- number one, even though I think it's a fantastic movie. I have to say I am surprised. I don't want to be an annoying, quote-unquote, critic. I want to have fun at the movies. I'm going to start living by that rule. From this point on, folks. Oh. Well, it sounds like I'm going to be the opposite of that. I'll, I'll start. We've got some similarities here going on. I would hope so. Bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Men in Black sitting there probably won't move, won't budge. I would be shocked if that movie moves because it's so bad. Number six, Ma. I love Ma. I, I mean, basically from this point up. Ma, now the movie that's, that has penis in it. Yeah. Yeah, that should get that should knock it up to at least number five. <laughs> uh, from this point up, I would watch these movies again. Well, Maybe, yeah, from six up on my list, I liked all these movies. Yeah, I would I would say so. So six, mom, five, child's play, four, Brightburn. Here we go, top three. I know what your number three is going to be. What is that? Far from home. Yep, I really like Far from Home. And here's the thing. It was really tough for me to choose my top three. What do you think number two is? Uh, Endgame. Yep. Endgame and Midsummer's number one. Here's the thing. Like you said, Endgame is such an accessible film, but it's a great conclusion. It's something that rounds out all of these films. I don't need to get into it. We've discussed it again or before. Midsummer. I'm a horror fan, and there was just something while watching this. I don't think I've really experienced at the movies in a long time. Not only our movie-going experience, which you'll hear about here soon, <laughs> but it just, this movie that's all, take place, it, it takes place during daylight, and it's this horror film, and it's this crazy cold, and it just, there there are a lot of things about this. It just bumped it up, and I, I have to put it up there. Any there, chance that you'll ever watch Men in Black International again? No, not a chance. I don't even, man, it's I can't. so awful. Because all these other movies I had fun with, um, Midsummer is one of those, I wouldn't necessarily say, yeah, I guess I, I had, had fun. I had fun yeah, with that. I, I did, because it was a I, lot funnier than I was expecting at times. But I also had fun because I like that slow buildup yeah. where you know something's going to happen and you're watching these people and you're like, you're dead, bro. <laughs> I love being able to watch that. I it's like the sick anticipation that I have with these yeah, movies. That's true. I've kind of worried about myself, but and I don't it doesn't care. help that the guys in this movie are kind of not good people. Yeah. I think it really I think Ari has a lot to say in this film and he gets the point across. It's interesting to think that Danny is basically the Dorothy Gale of this movie. And the the three guys are like the the Tin Man, yeah, Scarecrow. And the Cowardly Lion. I don't know who would be who, but think of this. Because this is an adult fairy tale. This is the Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. in, a, in a lot of ways. So, Tin Man, they, I f- feel like, would be Will Poulter's character. I don't know. He was or such maybe, a Yeah, that's... He plays it so perfectly, though. Yeah, he's fantastic. All of these people did such a great job. You know, uh, I think Jack Rayner was kind of a stinker at times. Yeah. He was maybe the weak link, and it wasn't all the time. It was only certain way, certain times I was, I saw the acting kind of crack through. Well, it was like toward the end when he was tripping out. I didn't quite, that didn't, it, it was weird. It just seemed weird to me. But then again, I've never tripped out 
like that. So I can't do say. not. I would imagine. Don't watch this movie stoned. <laughs> That's a good point. I wonder if Ari I made would, this film that way. Because I was stone cold sober and I was like, this is freaking me out. <laughs> Are you ready for some summer movie Q&A? Yeah, hit me with some. We're going to just do some random Q&A. All right. Just what we feel about certain things. What's number one? Here we go. What's that first question? Bigger sophomore disappointment. Jordan Peele's Us or Ari Aster's Midsummer. I'm going to say Us because I was left with so many movie questions after that of just, I don't understand how this universe works. Still liked it. I'm going to rewatch yeah. it soon. I'm looking forward to that. On Prime. Um. Yeah. Is it on Prime? Yep. Already? Yeah. Let me check. I'll I check right now. I think you right can now. rent it and buy it. You can't stream it. I don't know. I was thinking that they added it recently. Here's the thing. I have to go with us as well, but I don't really know if it is. Yeah, you're right. It's you can't stream it. Huh. You got to get that money first, baby. But I, I liked us and I can't. I'll say that it caught me more off guard. I can't really say if it was a disappointment. It was just something I was not expecting. Yeah, you and me talked to the... I wonder, too, the beginning of the movie has it like a title card that sets up the whole tunnel system. Yeah. And I'm wondering if the movie would be better if it never revealed that because you, yep. would, you wouldn't be plotting in your head already what this could be. Yeah, there, there are certain choices that, after seeing it, I've thought a lot about. Now, the good thing is it's a Peel movie. It's still a good movie. It's still... Yeah, exactly. It's super ambitious. And I just... I, I liked it. It just was not, um, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it, and sometimes I think about, I I believe, the wrong reasons. And that's why it's just below Midsummer for me. I mean, the moment it ended, I turned to you and said, I don't know if I like that. I can tell you I like it now. I think I'll like it more watching it again. All right, question two. The biggest summer pop culture surprise is? Okay, here we go. Hit me. Happened this weekend. Oh, over the course of, I'll, I'll tell this very short story. I was waiting to um, see my girlfriend, and I was waiting a couple of minutes, and then I realized, oh shoot, she's going to be busy for like several hours. And I thought, all right, well, I'm just going to go home. But I ended up being close to a theater, and I decided I'll just see kind of what's playing. I walked in a few minutes after it started, and I went to see. The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I heard that's really good. Easily my favorite film of the year. Really? Yep. All right, I got to go see this movie. Uh, totally blew me away. I did not know what to expect, did not know the story. It's executive produced by Brad Pitt. It's a Plan B film. It was a winner at Sundance this year. That's the thing is I feel like this movie came out eight months ago. Yeah, and so I don't know if I can say with it being this summer, but... We'll count it. Everything, since it's new release and it just came out here in the theaters, I was very surprised. It's in a small release right now across the country. I can't recommend this movie enough. It is so well acted, gorgeously shot. It ends up doing some things that I thought, I don't know if this is going to work, but it did. I I just love this. I think there's so much in that film that made me really appreciate cinema 
And at the same time, toward the end of this film, I started getting choked up. Hmm. And yeah, I, right. I was I was surprised. That's a hearty recommendation. Yep. That's what I got. I'm fudging mine a little bit too, because I'm picking The Beach Bum. Oh. Which is a movie I had no real desire to see other than Matthew McConaughey. I thought it was going to be pure filth. <laughs> and it is to a degree, but it has a story to it that I really liked. And um, so mad props to Harmony Kareen. I loved that. I mean, I was on board with that movie. I really loved it. Completely surprised by how good I think it is. That is my runner-up. Because I agree. I was going to be fudging it as well, but... Like Midsummer, not a movie I would ever recommend to another human yeah. being. But... But if you see it and you like it, hey, I'm, you're I'm, in the same boat as us. You're 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 going to be floating along with us, Moondog. Pull out uh, your PBRs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I already ruined the job. <laughs> I, I I got you. So the third question: most shocking summer movie stinker, and there have been a lot. But there has been a lot. What can you pick? I feel like I'm missing something, but I'm saying Men in Black International. Is there? Something worse than that? No, that's been it. I, all right. I mean, it's so shockingly bad. This is tough because I wanted to do something different. And I will say overall, Mibby is the the stinker of the film that it's just like, but I was kind of expecting that. So shocking. That's what got me. I was anticipating this movie a lot. And I love the writer. I love the director. Oh, I know what this is going to be. I haven't seen it, though. And it has to be the movie Yesterday. That's not good. It. I'm telling you, I was on board, but what's crazy is so many people love, love, love this movie. And here's the thing. I like it, but if there were just two things changed, very minor, it could be very minor in the grand scale, it just did not... It, it was such a surprise to me because I thought they would be addressed, those things that did not happen. And ah, I just I was left wanting so much more. I'll say that. I'm still looking forward to seeing that. Here's the thing. I would tell if you were interested, I would say watch it. Because it's a breezy movie. And You've got Richard Curtis. Yeah. Um, a Danny Boyle does a few things that it's very Danny Boyle-like. Visually, he does some things because yeah. that trailer does not look like a Danny Boyle movie. Yeah. He, when you see it, you're like, oh, that's Danny Boyle. And here, no, I can't say. I won't say it because you you haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, don't say anything. But uh, it was just such a bummer. That was a bummer. I would like to say, too, I'm not a huge Beatles fan. Uh, it's funny. In the movie, he addresses, or I should say they address, another group that I always side more with a little bit. But just because it's always been more of my interest. I like the Beatles, but I'm not like a huge avid fan. What's the other group? Rolling Stones? Yep. Okay. I, I just like, I'm more of this bluesy kind of guy. And uh, they're brought up. They're mentioned. Won't say how, but they're brought up. Next question. What is your sleeper movie surprise coming out in the next few months? My pick is one we mentioned. I think it's going to be scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh. That's mine. I'm kind of like blown away by all the marketing where it, again, is something right up my alley. I think it looks great. It looks like a lot of fun. I don't think it will make a lot of money. No, but um, this looks like a Goosebumps tale with a very, very dark twist. I agree. It'll it be. almost looks R-rated, though it is not R-rated. 
I'm hoping it's not too corny. Yeah, um, that's what I'm worried about. It looks like almost it, but for a teenage crowd. The greatest concern of mine is what you just said, the teenage crowd. Is it going to come off almost like a CW type film, you know, where they're trying to appeal to a certain demographic and it's not as great as what it could be? I don't know. I mean, it is for kids. Yeah, but that's my concern. What's your biggest pop culture regret so far this summer? Uh, and I want to say I did make an effort and I'll explain, but it's not seeing Godzilla in theaters. Hmm. I'm going to go as far as to say I'm going to buy that a blind buy on 4K. Okay. And I, I, the reason I say is I did make an effort. I had vacation time two weeks after this movie had come out, about two and a half weeks. And I had a day off and my girlfriend was working and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go see Godzilla. Open up the app to go see it um, at the theater, our local theater that I always go to. It had already been removed from, from theaters. <laughs> it had done so poorly that it was already out two and a half weeks in there. That's sad. And within one week, another theater had removed it from IMAX and put Dark Phoenix there. <laughs> what are we doing? So I really, you know what? I'm not a huge Godzilla fan. I want to see some cool action. I love Kyle Chandler. That's my biggest regret. Yeah, Kyle Chandler. He'd be the reason why I'd see it. What about Bobby, I forget her full name, but from Stranger Things? Is that a draw? Or Vera Farmiga? Um, I both are. Yeah, I like her a lot. I like both of them. My largest regret, and this sounds, this sounds, it's not necessarily a movie, but I think it's putting too much faith as in like an expectation or having high expectations on yesterday and us. So it's kind of a fault on me. I just, you heard me in, in, in this podcast, we've talked about it. Us was my most anticipated film of the year. It's a risk, too, because they came out in March. Now you got yeah. nothing. And now, but I'm looking forward to a lot, including here in a few weeks, Once Upon a Time. Oh. And Scary Stories. There's a lot. There's there's a lot to look forward to. But it just, I didn't, by any means, hate those movies. Um, I I liked Yesterday. I liked us but it just having like too much pressure and build up uh, for myself so that happens that happens it. and i try not to do that that's that always causes you not to like something as much and that's where it got the best of me for those two films is there anything in the pop culture world you wish you would have chosen for a pickums podcast yeah that would be the one film that i discussed earlier the last black man in san francisco but i didn't know you really didn't know about, about it. it and i didn't know when it'd be released but I honestly could talk about that movie a lot. Mine's actually from this month, and you just brought up Bobby Millie Brown. Uh, season one and two of Stranger Things, I was just kind of okay, I thought. I've watched season three. I watched it in about a week. Loved it. That should have oh, been wow. on my July Pickums. Pleasantly surprised by how much I like season three. Interesting. Okay. It's got some silly stuff in it, but as a whole, I think it is the best season. I have not, I've only seen two episodes of the entire series. I'd love to watch it, love to sit down and bench it. My family did that over July 4th weekend. I had That's to go the into the other room. Is this one is set during July 4th, which is my favorite holiday. So I'm, that, that plays into okay. it as well. Yeah, I felt like I was on timeout while my family watched that. So you're talking about the new season? Yep. You'll love it because it has a lot of kids cussing. Oh, 
it's, one of your, it's one of your favorite things. It's like Quentin Tarantino took over a kid's film. What's the weirdest thing that's happened to you at the movies this summer? And you've had some pretty I've crazy had, things. I've had some dandies. I, I can't say I'm in the same boat, but I got one. But what, what's yours? Mine, I think the wackiest thing, I'm going to say two. And they both happened at the Alamo Draft House here in Springfield, Missouri. The first one is we went and saw Rocket Man a couple weeks before it came out. Okay. And the previews are going along fine. I don't, oh, yeah. And, know you know, it's doing the title card, like, don't talk, don't get on your phone. And that ends. And I think Paramount put that movie out and the, the fanfare starts up and the lights go up. And the first maybe like three or four minutes in the movie, the lights were up. So that was exciting. I was like, oh, this is great. This is the usual stuff that happens here. Uh, the weirdest thing, though, and I think I told you about this one, is in the middle of Dark Phoenix. It's a very quiet moment. Jennifer Lopez is not Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lawrence is giving one of her really bad speeches and doing really poorly in acting, like usual. And out of nowhere, this guy belches. <laughs> a belch like Barney from The Simpsons, like for like 15 seconds. No, that's an exaggeration. But he lets out the loudest, most intentional belch. And people in the audience started laughing. They started clapping. Going nuts. And for probably 30 seconds that went on. And it wasn't only audience members. There were members, there were workers at, at the Alamo that literally stopped and were laughing and clapping. <laughs> <laughs> and this is... This is a establishment that prides itself on being quiet and courteous during movies. So that's the kind of stuff you can experience at the Springfield Alamo Draft House. That is hilarious. I did not know that the workers also joined in. It was utter insanity. <laughs> and if it was any other movie but Dark Phoenix, I would have been livid. If that happened during Midsummer, <laughs> <laughs> It was weird. Well, speaking of... It was for Midsummer. Yeah, we had something happen to you and I. Yeah, so same theater, and we. Uh, I you, think I'm. I seriously think somebody put a curse on me. It's yeah, that's what's going on because not only this, but there's also the Pet Cemetery story. Oh. For yeah, I mean you've got several dandies, and it's not that I'm just like oh someone their fork hit the plate and it's too loud. These are like loud actions that have happened during a movie that we walked out of pet cemetery it's disruptive it was yeah. so this woman was so obnoxious and you you've encountered things that it would drive me so crazy that it's almost like no nope, i'm done it's gotten to the point now where i don't even want to see movies in the theaters because i'm always scared of who's going to be sitting around us yeah and that's that's a bummer because you're expecting it not to be that way at all what happened to you recently midsummer here we go I'm driving there to the theater, and I get a call from you. And you're like, hey, there's this really weird thing, but you got your tickets, right? You're on your way? I'm like, yeah. You said that there were a few people sitting on our seats. I'm like, that's crazy. Like, I can't – like, that's never happened to me at Alamo where someone's just blatantly just, like, popped in, right? Well, so I get there, and we're – I was cutting it close. You were You were already there. So we walk in. They're still sitting there. And so we bring it up to management. We're like, hey, what's going on? And they're checking our tickets. We've got the tickets. And they're like, all right, looks good. Just literally like seconds to spare. We get in. We scoot in. 
The movie had not started yet. It's going through, you know, like the opening stuff, be quiet, all of that. And then the people sitting there apparently were like a row or two in front or behind where they were supposed to be. And they had just taken the seats and then they ended up getting like pushed out. And But this is absolutely... We had talked to management and they were like, yeah, somebody, we double booked the tickets. They didn't even realize that the people were in the wrong seats. And that was just so wild because I, I, that had not happened to me. But you say that's happened to you before though, right? With the ticket thing? We saw it happen. It hadn't happened to me before. It happened during Brightburn. The thing is, they finally figure it out. After five or 10 minutes, they figure out, oh, this person's in the wrong row. (laughs) The A24 logo is coming up before Midsummer, and they're like, they're moving this. They finally realized it, and they're moving this couple out. I think and they've like got three food. And yeah, got they had food and drinks. <laughs> so they're moving these people out. They're moving the food out. They're wiping down the tables. And then the manager goes, you know, you want if you want to order food, put your order card up. I'll be back in like five minutes. I waited, no joke, after putting it up at the beginning of the movie. 30 something minutes before somebody ever came and helped me and took it. It was like Twilight Zone. Yeah, yeah, that was that was crazy. And you were I yeah. I was pissed. I just could not yeah, that that was a time that it did seem like a really weird instance and that by far takes the cake for anything I've experienced. And that's that's basically been it. Because by the time that I had called you and said something weird is happening, I had talked to somebody in the theater, and they go, oh, I'll go check on it. Never saw that person again. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was gone. Maybe they didn't even work there. I don't know. <laughs> so I've had the summer from hell at this place. And the, and the theater. that's That actually stinks because anytime you've encountered like one or two, but once it gets more than that and you end up encountering more and like worse experiences, I at that point I'm like, I would almost be done. I think what we've learned is don't go to the movies. <laughs> You got to stream everything at home. I'm going to pirate everything. Oh, yeah, exactly. Those really bad camp versions. <laughs> so we're almost there to the end. We only have two more. And this is kind of looking forward to the future. For the way too early to call question, what movie are you looking forward to the most in 2020? I got a prediction for you. For mine? Yeah. There are two on my list. Number one, Bond 25. That's the obvious right? choice. Yeah. Got to be it. And then the only one that can rival it at the moment, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff we're missing, but Birds of Prey. I was waiting for you to say my most anticipated. And it's I, it's going to be up there for next year. Well, I haven't said it yet because it's different. I, I don't oh, have, for years. Yeah. For I, w- years. I was waiting, and I feel like when I say this, you're like, yep, scratch everything I said. This is going up there. Did I miss something? Obvi- it won't. Yep. I mean, Bond 20, that's my favorite franchise. It's not going to... Push that out of the way. I don't know. Well, give it to me. What is it? Chris Nolan's new movie, Tenant. Yeah, Bond Twenty Five, baby. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so you knew about it? That didn't. That's not. Catching totally forgot about it, but no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's still Bond Twenty Five. Would that push Birds of Prey out? Yes. Huh? This, the, the Tenant would be number two. Okay, because while I was researching movies, I'm like, all right, I got to know what's coming up. Here we've talked about Noel. I don't want to get into it. I will save that for another podcast. Coming off the heels of Dunkirk, which is a top three Nolan movie for me. I just here's he's the thing. probably my favorite director working right now. Nolan's a guy I look forward to everything he comes out with. He is he's a he's just creates great stuff. 
But I just, I, I can't wait to see what he's got cooking. Now, is it confirmed if Killian Murphy's joining him for this? I hope so. I don't so. think he's in it. Dang it. But the cast is stacked. I, yeah. And it continues to grow. I, I can't wait. There, 2020 will be a year of a lot of good movies, I feel like. It'll Man. make up for 2019. I forgot all about that. I feel like an idiot. I was surprised. I was waiting. I, I thought, all right, Bond 25 is a given, but I'm waiting for you to say Chris Nolan's new joint. Well, bye-bye, Birds of Prey, Tennis number two. All right, finally, which 2020 movie will you hate but everyone else will praise? Trailers already come out. Sitting in the theater with my girlfriend, and she's like, I can't wait to see that. I'm like, huh. Everyone else is talking about this so far. They can't wait for it. I can't think of what you're – because you said this earlier. You said the trailer's out. What is it? I'm I'm a huge fan of the studio. I think they've got a great creative team. Okay. They just – they've got a a movie that has come out this year, and it has been a a success. I want to say huge success, but it's a success. It's still in theaters right now. And I love what they do. I love what they put out. But this film is just not selling me. Hmm. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried based on what I've seen so far. It could change. Well, what is it? Onward, the new Pixar film. Oh, yeah. Who cares about that? I, lo- I love me some Pixar, but I... I usually edit out my complaints about Pixar. I'm not editing out anymore. <laughs> I don't care about Pixar. I'm not watching Pixar movies complaining about it on the internet or on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> I'm going to start doing it, though. You should just leave it in. For all the midsummer complaints. It's just <laughs> stupid. Uh, mine is one that just started production today. It's a sequel to a movie that everyone loved last year. Hmm. It's called The Quiet Place 2. Um, and that first one blew chunks. And this oh. one's going to blow chunks too. And speaking of Killian Murphy, he's in that. Is he in the sequel? Yep. All right, I love it. Yeah. That's our, um, I love this movie. I can't wait. Does it bump it up for you seriously? Yeah. More? It he's, would a little bit. But I, I didn't think that first one was very good. Yeah, he's starring with Emily Blunt. She's coming back. Is he like her lover? That's what I'm guessing, right? She moved on from John Krasinski? Somehow. Ooh. That's difficult. Ooh. Uh, that's, that's my guess, though. And not to be dramatic, I really didn't like that first one. It was fine. I just felt like I had seen it before, and I really don't understand the praise for it. And You said people, it's like signs. It's Repeat exactly it. like signs. That people are going to eat it up. By the way, Pixar sucks. Oh, you know, I'm really bummed because we've reached the end of this podcast, and we are not able to call Ari. Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot. I we were supposed to do that 10 minutes ago. Yeah, we, we kind of missed oh, the window my. on that. We, Dude, why didn't you tell me? We've already extended the recording time in the studio. We are basically being shooed out. I don't know if you know how this works. You usually call in. You have to schedule an allotted time. That's my. That's on me because well, I had the phone out and I freaking biffed it. Yeah, we, we missed it by 10 minutes. We're being kicked out of the studio. So we got to wrap this up quickly. Thank Sorry. you, film fans, for joining us. Again, don't forget that you can rate and subscribe to us so that you know when I'm – guys, I'm – I'm don't pissed be yourself at myself. Up. Don't beat yourself up. I'm really sorry about that. That's – we'll, we'll, uh, we'll that try a, to call them next time. We just that was don't, a big get for quality check, and we freaking biffed it. We, uh, so that's on me, guys. Maybe that will be a web extra. We'll just have to – We missed the slot, man, and that's on me, and I got to live with that. Well, you know, hopefully you'll be able to... Uh, this freaking sucks, may- dude. Maybe uh, we'll be able to 
make things better at a midsummer festival. We're gonna, you know what? I guess maybe when the Blu-ray comes out, we can set this up. I'm really sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. At least for now, it's done. But don't forget to rate and subscribe to us. Follow us on Twitter, Quality Check Podcast. Instagram, Quality Check Podcast. Mm. Gmail, Quality Check Podcast at gmail.com. Our, our seriously, our apologies to Ari Aster and, and anyone listening. That's our fault. We, that's my fault. It's not your fault. It's my fault. I'm sorry. I can't get. I'm sorry. I can't get over this. Sorry, Ari. Quality Check is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com/slash Studio DNA.